the zodiac of the month of Adar is the zodiac of Pisces. To understand the name of the month, the zodiac of the month, the letter of the month, the tribe of the month, the attribute of the month, and the permutation of the month. First and foremost, what is the meaning of the month of Ador? What does Ador mean? Ador means strong and strength. As we find in the verse in the book of Psalms, Adir Pamorim Hashem, that God who is on high is mighty and powerful. And so the month of Adar is a powerful month. Furthermore, Adar could be made up of two words, Aleph Dur, or Aleph Dor, which means the letter Aleph, which Aleph alludes to God, Alufa Yishal Oilam, Dor, he dwells in this month. Pertaining to the month of Adar, we find a terminology that we do not find pertaining to any other month, and that is Mishenichnas Adar, Marbim Besimcha. It says when the month of Adar arrives, we increase in joy. We don't find this terminology by any other month that when this month arrives, we should increase in joy. Even though there are months like Nisan and Tishrei that have within it major holidays, and every holiday is a holiday of joy, Zaman Simcha Seinu, or Vesomachto Bechagecha, you shall rejoice on your festivals, yet we don't find an entire month that is a month of joy. Pertaining to Adar, it says, Mishanichnas Adar, when Adar arrives, already from the very first day, and furthermore, even from the Shabbos that blesses the new month, Shabbos Mevorachim, already then, Maribim Besimcha, we increase in joy. What does it mean we increase in joy? Every single day we have to add to the joy of the day before. So day one we have the first level of joy and day two we increase. And we do this for 30 days. There are times that there are two adors. Adar one, adar two. In Olympia there are two adors because on the lunar calendar there are 11 days that we are shorter than the solar calendar, and therefore every three years or seven years and 19 years, there is a leap year. And therefore the month of Adar has two months, Adar 1, Adar 2. And therefore you have 60 days of joy. There is a halacha that says that let's say you're cooking a pot of chalent, of meat, and a little bit of milk falls into this pot of chalent. Can you eat the pot of chalent or not? Can you eat the pot of meat? Can you eat this too? The halach is if there's 60 times more meat than there is the drop of milk, then one is allowed to eat it because it is batel b'shishim. It is nullified 1 to 60. That is the Jewish law. And therefore, if a person has any type of melancholy or sadness in his life, he throws it into the 60 days of the month of Adar, and it becomes nullified. This is true for a year that has two Adars. In a year that has only one Adar, we double it. 
And therefore everything gets nullified into that one month. What is the reason that when Adar arrives we increase in joy? Says Rashi, you may nisim hayu liyisrael purim a Pesach. It's days of miracles for the Jewish people, Purim and Passover. In other words, because in the month of Adar, Moshe Rabbeinu Mozart teacher was born, therefore the entire month is a month of joy, and because of Moses we were victorious on the holiday of Purim, and we were redeemed in the holiday of Passover. The Medrash tells us that when Haman, the evil Haman, wanted to, God forbid, annihilate the Jewish people, he went through the various months of the year, and he asked himself what would be a good month to uh, bring about the decree upon the Jewish people. When it came to the month of Adar, he said it's a perfect month. There are no holidays in this month, and Moses died in this month. Says the Gemara, he did not realize that Moses was also born in this month. And because of that, that brought about the strong mazel. As it says, that mazel buddy, it's a very strong mazel, a very strong luck in this month. And this brought about, the entire plan foiled and was transformed. Instead of the Jewish people being destroyed and Mordechai being hanged, Haman and his ten sons were hanged and the Jewish people were victorious. And this is because in the month of Adar, Alivdor, God dwells in this month and it's a month of tremendous strength for the Jewish people. The month of Adar is the twelfth month of the year, it's the last month. But it's also the 13th month in a leap year. The, the gematria of 13 is Echad, is 1. This uh, 13th month unites all the other 12 months together. It makes it a complete entity, it makes it one complete year. What is the zodiac of the month of Ador? This is the zodiac of what we call in Hebrew Dog or Dogim, which is known as Pisces, the month of fish. What is unique about a fish? Our Chazal, our rabbis tell us that the mazel of Dogim, the luck of fish, is very powerful. Why? Because it says in the Torah, Jacob blesses the children of Joseph, that you shall multiply and increase like the fish here on earth. In other words, fish increase in the sea, but you should have the same blessing here on earth. Furthermore, water covers over the fish. Because of this, there cannot be any ayin hara, there cannot be any evil eye on fish. And the same is true because we are blessed like fish, there's no evil eye that can, God forbid, bring about any negative influence upon the Jewish people. What is the reason behind it? Because the fish are nullified to its source. Even though all of us breathe oxygen every day and we are nullified to our source in the sense that we know 
God gives us life. However, walking freely around on earth can cause us sometimes to forget who is really the source of our life and the source of our vitality. However, a fish knows that at any moment, if it's taken out of the ocean or the water, it will die. It is totally connected to its source. And therefore, the fish have a level of bitul, self-nullification to its source, which means to Almighty God. Which is one of the reasons, by the way, in halacha, in Jewish law, that you don't have to shecht a fish, you don't have to slaughter a fish to make it kosher. When it comes to an animal, like a lamb or a cow, even though it's a kosher animal, you have to slaughter it. Ritually, according to Jewish law, which is called shechita. The idea of shechita is ein v'shachat elo mashach. The idea of shechita means to draw, to draw the animal out of the level of animal into the potential of man, so that when man eats from the animal, he's able to use the energy of the animal to serve God. And therefore, by doing so, he elevates the animal. Fish, however, being that they come from a higher source, they come from water, and therefore they are nullified to the water, alluding to the Alma Discasia, the concealed worlds, which are higher than Alma Disgalia, the revealed worlds. It does not need to be shechted to draw the fish higher, because they are high to begin with. And therefore the mazel of the month of Adda, which is the mazel of fish, represents the essence of the Jewish people, which is the mazel of Ayin, that it says, Ain mazel Yisrael, there is no mazel to the Jewish people. We have no luck. But in truth, what it really means is that the level of our mazel comes from the level of Ayin, which is the absolute nothingness. This perhaps can answer the question, what is the, the mazel for the month of Adr 2? There are those who say that there is no mazel for Adr 2. Rather, it continues the same mazel that was for Adr 1 is the same mazel for Adr 2. But based on this concept, we can say that the mazel for Adr 2 is ayin, is the level of absolute nothingness, which is beyond time and space. What is the letter of the month? The letter of the month is the letter kuf. The letter kuf is made up of three lines. one horizontal and two vertical. However, the third line, which is vertical, does not touch the top of the horizontal line. It's explained in Chassidus that the letter Kuf looks very similar to the letter He. However, the letter He represents holiness, and the letter Kuf represents the powers of impurity. The three lines represent Machshava, Dibur Maisa, thought, speech, and action. The letter He represents thought, speech, and action that are holy. And the letter Kuf represents thought, speech, and action that are unholy, which come from the world of Tohu, which is the world of chaos.
However, we have the ability to transform these lights of chaos through tshuva, and therefore we have infinite light in vessels of tikkun, in the vessels of refinement. And this is really connected to the story of Purim that takes place in the month of Ador. What happened was that Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish people. He said, bow down to me. Haman wore a, a getchka, an idol on his chest. He told Mordechai, bow down to me. Mordechai says, I will not. And therefore, Haman said, you will die together with your people. However, any Jew that was willing to bow down to Haman would have survived. Yet we find that throughout the entire year, not one person had a machshavas chutz. Not one person had a thought even to leave the Jewish people and to surrender to Haman. And therefore there was a tremendous wave of, of tshuva, a tremendous wave of repentance. One of the reasons why Haman had the ability to bring the decree upon the Jewish people was because of the fact that the Jewish people bowed down to an idol at the time of the great meal of Achashverosh. And furthermore, Achashverosh put on the garments of the high priest and he brought out the vessels of the holy temple and he said, look, the prophet said 70 years after the destruction of the first holy temple, the second holy temple will be rebuilt. 70 years have passed, nothing happened, it's over. The temple is over, the God of the Jewish people, God forbid, are over, Torah is over. Look, I am wearing the priest's garments and the garments of the Kohen Gadol. And the Jewish people come and they celebrate at this feast. It's the biggest blasphemy that one can do. And because of this disgrace, Haman now has the ability to bring a decree to annihilate the entire Jewish people. It was only through the level of tshuva, self-sacrifice, that comes from the level of ayin, complete nothingness to God, surrendering your entire essence to God, to do God's will beyond logic, beyond intellect, beyond time and space, that the Jewish people were now saved. So therefore they transformed this kuf, the letter of impurity, and the level of klipa into the letter, into the letter hey, representing that their thought and their speech and their action should be dedicated towards God. What is the tribe of the month? The tribe of the month is Naphtali. That is the tribe of the twelfth month, the month of Ador. What is the, the tribe of the thirteenth? So even though the Bnei Yisoscha writes that there is no official tribe, because there's no mazel for the thirteenth month, However, the Tzamech does say that there is a tribe for the 13th month, and that is the tribe of Levi. What is the connection between Levi and Naphtali, being that both of them represent the month of Ador, Ador 1 and Ador 2? Both Naphtali and both Levi represent the concept of Torah, the study of Torah. The Medrash tells us that why was Naphtali called Naphtali? Naphtali means two words, Neifes and Li. The word, the first three letters of Naphtali comes from the word Neifes Tzufim, the dripping of the honeycomb, implying that Torah is so sweet like honey and it drips down. 
And Li is Lamed Yud, Lamed is 30, 10 is Yud is 10, is 40. The Torah was given in 40 days at Mount Sinai. So the idea of Naftali represents the study of Torah, and furthermore, the word Naftali means to connect Chiburim, says Rashi, to be connected with God through the study of Torah. Levi is the same concept. You love Ishi Eli means to connect to my husband, to the Torah, to God. And primarily we know that in the Egyptian exile, that even though most of the Jewish people were slaves, the tribe of Levi was not in servitude. They studied Torah. Even before the Torah was given, it was known. It was studied by Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov. And the tribes also studied the Torah. So both Levi and both Naphtali represent the study of Torah. How does this connect with the month of Ador and the story of Purim? In the Megillah we find it says, Kimu That the Jewish people fulfilled and they accepted upon themselves what they started to do earlier. What does that mean? It says the Gemara that for a thousand years it was for one thousand years the Jewish people had a good complaint. They had good lawyers. And they said to God, look God, we don't have to keep your Torah. Why not? Very simply, you put the mountain over our heads. You forced us into this relationship. You caused us to accept the Torah against our will. And therefore it's not fair. We were pushed into it. And it was under duress. So for 1,000 years, they had a good complaint and a good argument not to have to do the Torah. Came to the holiday of Purim, the Jewish people had a very easy out. They could have said, look, God, Haman wants to kill us. What should we do? We'll bow down to him. We'll survive. Yet on the contrary, they said, no, now we accept God unconditionally. Even though logically we have a good way out, Yet, we cannot live a life of Haman, we cannot live a life outside of Yiddishkeit, outside of Judaism, and there's only one way for us to live and to die, and that's as a Jew. And at that time it says, Kimu v'kibla Yehudim, says the Gemara, Hechilu, they took upon themselves what they began to do at Matan Torah 1,000 years earlier, now they internalized it on their own. And this was the greatest level of tshuva that we say, that Yom Kippurim, the day of Yom Kippur, is like Purim. Is Yom Kippurim. Purim is even greater. It's a greater day of tshuva, a greater day of atonement. And it's even greater than the giving of the Torah on Sinai, because this is the day that every Jew accepted the Torah upon themselves unconditionally. And we find that the Medrash tells us that, what did Mordechai do to turn around this decree? He gathered 22,000 children and he brought them into the Times Square and there he began to study Torah with them. It was this great merit of the Torah study of these children that brought about the, the end to the decree of Haman. What is the attribute of the month? The attribute of the month is laughter. Joy. Joy and laughter. Which is connected with the idea of the month of Adar, which is when Adar arrives, we increase in joy. And joy and laughter are intertwined. 
And this brings us to the permutation of the month. What is the permutation of the month of Ador? It's interesting that our rabbis tell us when we read the Musaf service, when we read the bracha, the blessing dealing with the new month, we should think about the letters of the permutation of God's name. And the letters of the month of Adar is Hey, Hey, Yud, and Vav. What does this stand for? This stands for the, the verse, Iroi Vilasoideka Bneasoinoi, which means. This is a blessing that Jacob gave before he died. He gave a blessing to each one of his children. And to the child of Judah, Yehuda, he gave the bracha that you will harness your donkey to a single vine. And there will be so much wine that will come out of these grapes that from one single vine you'll have a whole load for the donkey. And then it goes on to say, and to a young donkey, also a vine branch, a single vine branch. So these words, from this word, we, we have these four words, the uh, last letter of each of these words are, hey, hey, yud, and Vav. So, That is the Pasuk. What's the connection between this Pasuk and the month of Ador and the, the holiday of Purim, which is primarily the main holiday of the month? So, the Rebbe's father explains that the Gemara tells us that on the holiday of Purim, it's a mitzvah in Chayiv Inish it's an obligation of a person to rejoice on this holiday by drinking wine. And as the commentaries explain, because the decree came about with wine, and so too the, this, the salvation came about through wine, and therefore he's supposed to drink a lot of wine on the holiday of Purim. So much so that you don't know the difference between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman, which by the way is the same gematria. Baruch Mordechai and Arar Haman is the same exact gematria, so how could you know the difference? Furthermore, this Pasuk was given to who? It was given to Yehuda, the tribe of Judah. On the holiday of Purim, the Jewish people are given this title of Jew, Yehuda. Even though generally Jew, Yehuda means in the tribe of Judah, and there were 12 tribes of Israel. However, we find in the Megillah that Mordechai, even though he came from the tribe of Binyamin, Yemini, he was called Ish Yehudi. Why Yehudi, Judah? Says the Gemara that anyone who denies idolatry and doesn't bow down to the idols and acknowledges God is called a Jew, is called Yehuda. And being that on the holiday of Purim, we denied Haman, we did not bow down to his idol. Therefore, we are all called Jews. The Alter Rebbe takes it a step further and he says that the word Yehuda means hod, to praise. 
And when you put the letter Yud in front of the word, grammatically it means continuous. Who is a Jew? One who constantly is praising God. That is the definition of Yehudi of a Jew. Now one will ask, what do you mean? I don't praise God 24-7. And the answer is no, you do. If you have a neshama, if you have a soul, then your neshama, which is like a candle, and soars every moment higher and higher to connect and reconnect with God, just like a candle is always flickering, your soul is always praising God. That is the definition of a neshama of a soul. And therefore a Yehudi, a Yid, a Jew, that has a neshama, that has a godly soul, every single moment your soul is praising God, and therefore you're a Yehud, therefore you're a Jew. If you like it or not. If you know it or not. That's the reality. That's the meaning of Yehudi. So, that is why we have this pasuk as a permutation of the month, because in the month of Adar, we were called Yehudi, and we were called Jews. And this Pasuk was given to Yehuda the Jew. Another concept can also be that the word Velasireka, we find in Kabbalah, alludes to the Nakuda, the vowel of the Shuruk. The same letter as Velasireka is the word Shuruk. That is the vowel in the uh, Hebrew language that has three dots, one beneath the other. In Kabbalah, this represents the idea of one who removes himself, so to speak, from God. He's far away, but he is hoid, because the attribute or the sphera of the shuruk is from the attribute of hoid, which is acknowledgement. He doesn't understand God, but he acknowledges God. And because of this acknowledgement, eventually, even though he has fallen, he now returns. And therefore... The shuruk represents the idea of hoid, of praise, which is the same root as Yehuda, which brings one back to tshuva, to the ultimate return to God. Sensing that he is distant and that he is far, this brings about the bitl, the inner self-nullification that every Jew naturally has, and therefore ultimately, ayidach, imedonidach, no Jew will ever be lost. Eventually, every single Jew is going to return to God. So this is the idea of Adr, the month of Adr, a month of joy. It's a month that gives us joy not only for that month, but also the mitochondria for the entire year to increase every single day in happiness. As it says, Toiv Leiv Mishtatami, that one should always be joyous before God. And through Simcha, through joy, Paitits Ged, that we have the ability to break through all boundaries. And the ultimate boundary, which is the boundary of exile, which is the limitations of exile. And therefore the Rebbe once said that the idea of Mashiach is Sameach Yud, which means that one who rejoices with Simcha, with Yud, with all ten attributes of his soul, that is the concept of Mashiach. And therefore you reveal the Mashiach within you and the Mashiach within the world. So let us be joyous, let us be happy. Let us break through all these boundaries, the boundaries of Golos, and bring about the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.